Hey, this is Coach Jared from BCS Fitness. I'm here with Jeremy Dew. Good afternoon. <laughs> and we're going to do just a conversational interview, basically talking about anxiety around this um, shelter in place, self-isolation and COVID-19 and how that is affecting our lives on a day-to-day -day basis, not just uh, around workouts, you know, not just gym related, but lifestyle in general. Um, and some of the tips, strategies, and tactics that you can employ, and just some mindset tips as well. I mean, uh, things that you can't control and how to deal with that as well. I think that's going to be a critical for people. We've lost a lot of our control. And I'll let Jeremy kind of speak to uh, controlling what you can control and, and dealing with anxiety on things that you can't. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a mental health therapist. And um, I have a private practice here at College Station. Um, I see kids and teenagers and adults, um, college students, kind of uh, across the board. And so um, it's uh, this is an this is a really uh, a unique moment in time where uh, so often in my office uh, with my clients, I. I we have to find connecting points between the two of us in terms of um, how they're experiencing the situations they're going through. And, and this feels like a, a unique moment where um, our lives are um, in, in certain ways, not so different. We're all uh, even as professionals wrestling with our own lives and, and the, the, the feeling of, um, uncertainty and and we're, we're all coping with that in, in different ways but I think um, you know one of the things that has been coming up often in my office and even among colleagues is just the, the shared experience of, of uncertainty and then and then what we do with that uh, varies as much as there are people um, and, and that can be from um, some annoyance or agitation with the whole situation of um, this isn't how we should be doing this or there's maybe there's um, there's frustration about um, you know our efforts feeling thwarted in terms of what we should be doing with work or uh, what was going to happen um, and, and for others there's there's a lot of stress and anxiety um, even grief um, about all of the minor losses, minor and major losses that are happening as uh, things get canceled. And um, I had a work retreat that I've been looking forward to for, for six months and a friend's 40th birthday out of state. And um, uh, those are just a couple of, a couple of, you know, the dozen things in my life that we've had to cancel and change and even looking into the summer. And so um, I think how we deal with the lack of control that we feel right now is is uh is really important yeah that's a unique one for sure i want to dig in just a little bit we've experienced you know i think everyone's experiencing loss of of planned activities or you know whatever it was uh, my wife and i were planning to go to hawaii for her 40th birthday with some friends and so yeah. i just wanted to talk about like you know uh, I hate to throw her the bus. I'm not doing that, but you know, it, it's kind of like you're grieving that loss, right? Like, Hey, this, I was going to do this and now I can't. And you know, it was a birthday. It's a four, it's a big milestone and that's gone. Yeah. You know, kids are losing graduation. So grieving that loss, even though it may seem trivial in comparison, it's still real. It's still, you know, you still feel those things. Um, so just working through that process, I think a lot of that, like trying not to make yourself feel guilty for feeling guilty, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that, and I think that that resonates a ton. I, I, I keep hearing from, uh, gosh, the, the number of students that are, that are saying, I know this, this shouldn't be a big deal. Like people are, there, there are people that are, that are dying. There are people that are losing far more than me, but um, I don't get to walk for graduation. I, I missed my high school prom and um, I, um, yeah, my birthday is something I've been looking forward to and I was going to have friends around me. And these are, the, the losses do feel significant to each one of us and they're, they're really different for all of us. Um, 
But I do think, Jared, to your point, I think it's really important that, we, that we're making some kind of space in our, um, for ourselves and in our relationships for, for just acknowledging these different losses. Because I think if we don't, I, I think some of us really don't, we, we tend to operate, uh, a lot of us tend to operate avoiding difficult feelings. And, and you know, when we have, you know, normal stressors in our life, some of us can manage that way for, for a good amount of time where, hey, I'm, I'm Mr. Positive, this is how I keep things up and I'm gonna continue to be optimistic. Um, and the reality is um, in, this, in this unique moment in time, I think that what people are experiencing, experiencing in this is, this is this is more weight than I've had to carry. Um, and I'm, yeah. I, I'm feeling things start to buckle that have always worked well enough for me. And um, I, I'm thinking of a, a neighbor, we were uh, standing at a distance talking in our driveway the other, the other night and she was saying, I am a really like, competent person. I, I get things done. I can manage a lot of chaos. And she said this weekend, I was sobbing in the garage. Um, I just, and it, it just all felt like too much. It was um, from, from the announcement of, of the first deaths this weekend in our community to just my kids being around all the time. And, and we, as parents, we prepare <laughs> for that, right? Like, we think about, we prepare ourselves for that in the summer. We think about um, the ways that we will both make more time for our family and still create enough space where we all can manage being in a home together more often in the summer with, with maybe less structure. But we, we, we tend to be prepared for that on some level. And um, for this to come so early um, of having the kids home this often and then still being responsible for all of the, the adjustments I'm making in my own life, it's just, it's a lot to carry. Um, I, think yeah. we need, I think we need to find some new ways um, in our communities to talk about this uh, openly from, from the big losses um, to, to the ones that maybe feel more minor to others um, to, to, to be able to validate those experiences. Yeah, I think validation definitely is important. You don't, you know, um, I don't think you, you, it's harder to escape some of those feelings, right? Now you're kind of physically stuck. So you might feel more mentally stuck as well because you don't have activities to distract. Right. Um, so now you're having to, to face some of that stuff and you can't move away from it. And I also think validating each other's like relational or with your neighbor, you know, not really offering judgment on, on someone's grief or someone's anxiety or someone's stress level, like not comparing, you know, your loss against another loss, it's still, you know, a loss and you have to deal with it. You can't, I don't think comparing it to different levels is going to make it go away. No. And, and, you know, I think for those of us who have, who have never really been into <laughs> looking at our feelings very deeply, we tend to suck at this part. Like if we can't, carry our own emotions very well. We tend to not do very well with others either. Uh, yeah. And so yeah. Uh, this becomes a place where I, I think it's, I think it's an important moment in time for us to be more attentive to how are others responding to my response to them? <laughs> how am I doing in this area? Does, does my, does my spouse or partner feel heard by me? Um, I'm around my kids more. How are they doing with my responses to them? Uh, we can, we, we really have a unique opportunity to grow a little more self-awareness in this season where I, I think we're, we're together in something in, in maybe some ways that we've, we've never been before in our, in, at least in our lifetime. Um, I, I think about uh, 9-11 as one, and, um, but I, I think that there's, there's not a lot of other spaces like this in our lifetime where um, there's, there's more of something global happening um, that, that joins us. And especially in a kind of the current political climate where there's a lot of division. And um, I, I think this, this is a unique opportunity for us to find um, mutuality. Yeah, I think that uh, that's a good point too. And, and some of that is a luxury that has now gone, right? If you look at yeah. where we were as a society, we were enjoying a lot of, of, of luxury and we, yeah. you know, we built that, but it's not essential stuff. And now we're, we're almost going back to essentials 
Uh, but I did want to dig in. I'll even throw myself under the bus here a little bit. Um, I've, you know, I've met with you regarding parenting, um, and you've helped me as a father with that emotional, like, how am I reacting? How are my kids reacting to my reaction? So I can follow that. Um, but I struggle I'm with the small, you know, and I'm using the term small in quotes, you can't see it, but the small annoyances where I will react in a, um, outsized way, I guess would be the right terminology, but yeah. with the big stuff, I'm usually a little bit better, uh-huh. you know, and I don't know if that is just the way you're raised or, you know, what, what builds that way of coping, but big stuff, I'm usually able to calm down little stuff. I have to be more self-aware and be like, okay, I'm getting, I'm giving this too much importance or I'm giving this my own energy and it doesn't really need it. It's not as immediate or is not as intense as it was to me, yeah. you know, and that, and that's usually re- relating to others. So I think some things you're talking about, you know, with the kids being home, you're around your spouse, you're trying to work, do school, um, managing your own emotional response is probably going to be very critical into how your house feels and how how things go for your spouse and your children absolutely yeah and i i mean i think so often the the invitation in a in a in a therapy setting is finding ways to to that you know again coming back to i, I think a lot of us did grow up uh, not all of us, but a lot of us grew up in environments where the, you know, our own emotional experiences were not, maybe we're not valued as much. And we just, we figured out how to, how to get along like that. We figured out, you know, okay, well, this is, these are the pathways that I can take, um, as a kid to get the most amount of love and affection out of this family as I can. And sometimes that means you swallow the stuff that, you know, your parents aren't, aren't going to take into as much consideration. And um, again, I, th- I think a lot of us can manage like that for, for a time. Um, and these just become moments, I think, where I find that my, my encouragement in the office with the parents I'm seeing right now is we've got to find ways to soften in, in, these, in these kind of moments um, because our kids don't have the perspective that we have as adults. And um, and sometimes our partners don't either. They, they were raised in different families where maybe, maybe their emotions were given a, a lot more weight. And, um, and so this, this level of stress on everybody um, can, can be difficult to bear. So I think, I think part of the work is how do we, how do we be more, uh, become more attentive to ourselves and, and, and to each other? To me, that feels like one of the primary ways we get through this together. Yeah, for sure. Even though we're in close proximity, we can still you know, shut things out emotionally. So being attentive, present in the moment um, and self-aware, I think are critical steps in navigating your home life. Let's talk real quick. We've talked about parenting and family dynamics. I think one thing that gets overlooked, at least in this community, um, because most of us, you know, are married or have kids, you know, that's the or we're students and where you got a lot of friends, but you know, there are people out there that are alone that are single and that is got to be, I mean, I can't relate right now. I, I, I haven't lived. I honestly have not ever lived by myself ever. So I don't know what that experience yeah. would be like and how, you know, what would we encourage those people or those friends of ours? How do we encourage them or what are some things that they might need to, need to think about for their own mental health and physical health. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, I think part of the work is, um, for, uh, again, I think it, I think it comes back to who's in our community and, and how are we attending to one another? Um, and so, um, I think we have to be more intentional and more creative um, in our strategies where, you know, I think, I think for some of my friends that are single, it's just, it's requiring a certain, uh, level of intention to jump on a zoom call, happy hours with friends. And, um, I, I, uh, 
have a few clients who are are doing um they have shared docs where they're doing quarantine yeah. fun and they're they're learning learning new skills like um juggling or um uh playing the ukulele um and then sharing those videos throughout the week so i i think a lot of this is you know in many ways in the in in therapy we talk so much about how the screen um the screen creates distance between us and another person and we're and and the reality is this is what we've got right now um that we we have to adapt in the moment and so uh, I think whether you're whether you're single or, or partnered or whatever your status is in that, I think I think part of our work is we're, um, that we we need to reach out to each other and um, and we need to be creative about adapting to this. Of okay, what is it that I do need? What are and and I think we often just take take for granted all of the you know. I think for me as a as a therapist, I I spend a lot of hours in my day sitting one on one or sitting with a family in my office. Um, and um, feeling deeply connected to the people in my office. But then I, I, what I've realized is as all of us have moved to telehealth, um, I really took for granted all the five, 10 minute interactions between sessions with my colleagues where we'd connect uh, in a moment over what's going on with our families or um, um, sharing in, in grief over you know, something that uh, just is weighing on us about um, some of our client work or, um, you know, just those things that you share day to day and, and realizing how quickly, yeah. and just how much we take those for granted as those are that continue to fill us up. And, um, and so I think some of the work is beyond just, um, you know, uh, the social media connection of writing back and forth on each other's pictures, but really being intentional about, um, talking to each other. And I think both having friends that help us forget that this is what's happening um, and, and friends that help us remember it. And, and what I mean by that is I think we've got some friends in our lives who are really fun to be around. They're, they're great to, to go out and hang out with and um, to have a really good time with. And um, in terms of depth, right. that might not be there. Um, and that's, that's okay. Um, but I think sometimes we need those friends to kind of say, sure. I need a break from all this. Um, there's one patient in our office who every night from six 30 to eight, her family does Corona free time. And it's, it's, we're not talking about the virus. We're not watching the news about the virus. We're not thinking about quarantine or our finances. We're going to work to have a good time together. And whether that's hang out in the backyard or that's, um, play a board game do something else, um, but they have an intentional time to set that aside and forget it. And I think that that's helpful in giving us energy yeah. to move forward. And then I think we need those other friends that we can call and just say, I'm really scared. I don't, I, I feel really uncertain about uh, my husband's job, or I feel, um, I'm feeling really scared about how um, lethal this thing is, or um, how it's going to impact our community. Um, all of that stuff, or how bad I feel as a parent. <laughs> like I think that's an ongoing, an ongoing conversation I'm having. Is God, I, I forgot. I, I just, I, I'm good with my kids for the, you know, the the hours in the evening that I have with them. And now that it's all day, and I'm managing a job on top of that, I'm I'm short tempered. I'm irritated. I I sometimes don't even like some of my kids. Like that. Those are the things that that tend to stir in us that are really uncomfortable. We, we have to have folks in our lives that we get. Yeah, uh, I think that's critical. You know, one of the things that we talk about, at least in my world, is naming, you know, name it and own it. So yes. I think you're exactly spot on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being up, uh, the one of the things I was hearing was, uh, especially going back to kind of the participating with friends however creative you can get luckily we do have this technology now that allows us to still stay connected even though it's not physical connectedness maybe is being vulnerable yeah and i've always found that the more vulnerable i'm willing to be the more vulnerable other people are willing to be and the more genuine and honest your conversations are going to be and i think i think people are responding to i think that's a natural um 
part of being in a relationship, whether that's a friendship, whether that's, you know, romantic, whatever that relationship is, just the more you're willing to, to show yourself, the more you're going to get back. Um, so I think that that, you know, when you are on social media or you are connecting, you know, phone call, phone calls are probably picking up like they never have, you know, everybody was just texting and I bet now the voice is almost like being in person, but that's what I was kind of hearing. Like, you know, being silly, learning something new and not being afraid of, of showing off your, your not so good skills, you know? Right. Exactly. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I, and I do think the vulnerability piece is a big one. I think, you know, um, Brene Brown is, is out of Houston and um, she has researched and spoken a ton on vulnerability. And one of the things that I really appreciate about her is that, uh, yes, the idea that vulnerability often begets vulnerability from others. And there are some people in our lives who have not earned that right with us. And so I think, I think this is kind of one of those places where we can, we can learn how to be, um, learn how to risk in small, yeah. small doses. Yeah, I don't think you need to run around and like put right? yourself out there all the time, but. Exactly. I think yeah. that's, yeah. Taking risks. Yeah. I think that's a big, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I think, I think again, like in this, in this unique moment, there's, we have a, a an opportunity where I think all of us feel a little more vulnerable than yeah. we're accustomed to feeling. And I think this is, I think it's a unique opportunity for us. I to think um, with you probably more than me, but just in the fields that we work in, that's something that we're more accustomed to. Um, you know, that's how we yeah. connect with clients. Yeah. That's how we build trust, you know? So I think that's a skill that yeah. may, we might be, you know, more accustomed to, but that's a skill that anyone can employ. And like you said, small doses, you know, you can start with the people that you feel are the risk, the risk less, I guess you would say, and then slowly edge yeah. out. Right. Yeah. Um, right. I had a, oh, intention. You were, um, you're talking about being intentional with your reach, with your yeah. kind of your, your reaching out. And I think intention is going to be a key here as well. Um, there's also the other, you know, human nature is, is very multi-sided. It's, it's like the dice from Dungeons and Dragons or something, but you can, you know, you can one minute be happy and vulnerable and connected. And then, you know, like the other day, I was just like, man, this is, this is not good. Like, you know, I wasn't like going to a real dark place, but I was just kind of like lethargic, you know, and my mindset wasn't very good. And, you know, I just sat with it. It's not, it was one half a day or something, but it's easy also to kind of get overwhelmed in your own mind and let those thoughts keep spinning so being uh let's talk about being a little bit intentional maybe with you know checking in on yourself checking in on others um, that might not live in the house but also being intentional about your day how does being intentional help us navigate yeah i or i think where my mind goes is and this has been gosh I, i feel like i've had this conversation uh, way more frequently than normal uh, lately is, is around mindfulness. And, and mindfulness is really uh, begins with, with just slowing our bodies down uh, enough for our, for our brain to actually, for us to actually notice okay. our thoughts. Um, and so um, it begins with a really simple act of um, just slowing your breath down um, noticing your how your body is resting in the chair kind of doing a full body scan of feeling the weight of your feet and your elbows on the on the chair rest on the armrests and um your back sinking into the chair and then and then allowing your mind to just wander and and then slowly learning how to draw your mind back okay the body. what so happens in in those places we begin to have more of a mind about our thoughts and our feelings um, rather than them living us. And, um, and so I think I, when you, when you use, when we talk about intention, I think to me, it, it feels like it, it begins with 
slowing down and, and even understanding what am I, what am I even carrying here? Like what's, what's even going on for me? Um, and, um, and then I think we can begin to set um, a more fitting intention for our day. And it, it doesn't mean staying in our feet. I mean, even to your point of wasn't in it for long, but it was, you know, a half day of feeling lethargic about, you know, just in, in my thoughts. And, and I think, I think some of this balance is, is learning how to, um, learning how to slow down, learning how to even step away from our emotions when they feel overwhelming. And, and the, one of the ways we can do that is, is to begin having more of a mind about it. And what, what I mean by that is, is just being more thoughtful about what am I carrying? What's going on for me? And um, for me, that often helps me slow down enough to, to be more aware of some of the unmet needs that are going on of Gosh, I I need more um, I I need more novelty in my life right now. I think that's like one of the things that I'm struggling with is I tend to be um, uh, I really enjoy uh, the different components of my life. I like play. I really enjoy um, the different stories that come into my office, the people that I'm connecting with in person, um, the different things that I'm reading, and um, man, this has felt I'm like I. I mean, I went to graduate school to become a therapist, so I wouldn't have to sit in front of a screen yeah. for eight hours a day. And, and here I am, like, staring back at a screen for eight to ten hours a day, seeing client after client. And we're, you know, we're talking about different things, but we, we are also talking about the same thing over and over again of this stupid virus and how it is, you know, ransacking right. our lives. And um, so as I slow down, I can become more aware of, of that. And then I get to set an intention, an intention for how will I invite my kids, for instance, into um, helping me find novelty. So it, it might be that this evening we're doing some kind of art together or we're um, playing a game that one of my sons is always creating about imaginative play in that. And so those things begin to loosen up for me a bit when I begin to feel really um, tight yeah. or uh, lethargic um burnt out yeah i think burned so, out is a good one i i i i follow a little bit with that mindful approach you know i've read up about that a little bit and one thing that i do that's how i start my day actually i find that that's easiest for me is right when i yeah. wake up you know i wake up early um so the house is quiet and i can be very intentional yeah. and i just sit for three to five minutes it's not very long you know and i do i, I love that check your body just kind of feel yourself from head to toe and that kind of gets the brain yeah. it's kind of an odd sensation like you said you're kind of the mind is checking in on the mind but once it starts going it's pretty it's pretty yeah. um interesting and it kind of just takes its own path and then then for me anyway you, it doesn't have to be you know but a few minutes and you'll come back in but i feel like when i when i do that when i remember to do that and i don't just rush from one thing to the next i have a much clearer intent and a much clearer uh emotional response to anything that doesn't really go the way that i anticipate just because i know i have a heading almost like a true north for the day like this is what i need to do this is what i'd like to do if I can get this done, yeah. then I can go do this. You know, just kind of helps me stay yeah. um, present with with my day. And I think that that's critical, even if your routine is completely upended. You know, we're still alive. I think that's one thing. Like you're talking about variety and novelty. There is still a lot of novelty out there if you are intentionally seeking it. You know, now we're not yeah. able to rely on others to maybe bring that to us. We might have to create it a little bit more, but it's still there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, I think, I think in terms of that, that's, that's one need for me that I'm aware of in this moment, but I, I, um, I, I know for there's, there's, you know, I've heard the same, when I think about yeah, I've heard, I've had things. clients like it's the same thing over and over and it's like, yeah, it's easy to see it that way. Yeah. It's going to take a lot more, you know, you can't yeah. just rely on going to the movie theater or rely on going to a football game or, you know, there was a lot of life that was curated for you to provide that. And you just had to show up where now it's, you got to create right. it, which is also, and yeah. uh, it kind of, it can be 
a challenge, but it can also be, you know, allow you to go to new places that maybe you wouldn't have gone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you were saying the ukulele or whatever. Um, let's see. So that was intention. I'm going to talk about, talk about vulnerability. Is there anything else that like, you know, with your interactions with colleagues or clients that has been an overarching theme that has been jumping out? Um, during this transition? Um, I know, here's one thing. I know introverts are always joked about, like, they prepared for this and, like, you know, this is their dream world. <laughs> I, I don't believe that to be yeah. the case. So you and I are a little bit more extroverted personalities. You know, us talking to people yeah. is not as big a challenge you know we still have those feelings of apprehension but we have practice and what if you're an introvert and you are yeah. already you know challenged or struggled with reaching out um you know you could use this even outside of the well, uh, the covid it's just now interaction is even even more difficult i guess uh, yeah i mean it's interesting i feel like i feel like when it comes to the introvert and the extrovert we, we, I think culturally we get in this place of thinking that there, there's a, there's yeah. half the population that doesn't need intimacy and connection. I, I have a number and yet, um, and, and that they've, you know, as introverts that, um, that that's part of the, that's part of what they, you know, that's part of what, where they're at or how they see the world. But I, I, I think, <clears throat> I think all of us need um, intimacy and connection, acknowledgement, understanding in our relationships. And, and, and some of us, uh, get energy from, from doing that, uh, often. And some of us regain energy, uh, for that connection by, by being, um, by taking time away from it. Yeah. Um, that's actually and so about the introvert. No, yeah, that, so that's actually a really good point. Um, and I don't want to cut you off. If you had a, a train of thought there, but I, you know, I don't know that anyone yeah. is truly one or the other. I think we all have capacities for basically how much energy can you give or take doing one thing you're, you're going to have to, you know, give energy to get energy, but then you're also going to have to back off to recharge. I have to do that. Yeah. I'm sure you have to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. where I was yeah. going with that was you know my main difference is i mean i've always been connected with clients and contact that's fine but i am overwhelmed somewhat by the availability of technology that makes sense like all the notifications all the you're talking about the screen like i'm, I'm not used to sitting in front of the screen that can give me 14 different notifications at one time where you i'm used to working in person where i can give my attention to the group or the individual and then back off and go back to the computer. Now it's, yeah. it's this, it's this over. And I think other people have been used to this environment and used to this space, but it can almost feel overwhelming. So uh, maybe the importance of, you know, basically unplugging. Absolutely. And I, and I think, I think that if I was to say there was one overarching theme, I, I think one of the ongoing conversations is, how are you going to limit your intake? Um, because really, like, I, I think so often, I, I think this is why we have um, one of the pieces that makes a general a, a culture that's really struggling with anxiety is that we have, so, we take in so much more than we're able to process. And, and that can be, um, uh, and, and I think so often that's because we have we, we have a connection to our globe in a way that we haven't before. Things are a lot less local, um, and so happening in our town. But we're also keenly aware of how many deaths are in New York and uh, how uh, the other states that are moving to a full shelter in place through June first, and all of these things. I mean, I have these little notifications that are popping up on my computer throughout the day, telling me, you know, that this, you know, broadcaster, this actor has COVID, this, you know, it's, it, it feels like, um, it feels like so much. And mm -hmm. um, I think we have to find ways 
to, um, to have some idea of what's going on, but also how to turn that off, um, to take in, um, to work on taking in something that we actually have some space to metabolize. Um, and I think so often what we're doing is we get this steady diet. And I, re I remember this, I was, I was only in college when 9-11 happened, um, but I was in Philadelphia. I had a number of classmates whose uh, parents were in the towers and uh, or, or um, had missed their train that morning, but were supposed to be in the tower and they were trying to find their parents. I sat in front of the TV for three days straight, just consuming yeah. the news to try and make sense out of what just happened. Um, and it and it felt it felt close to me there because of, of friends, um, but I think right. I think our nation did that. Um, and there's there's other situations um, that we've seen that with with school shootings and things like that that just draw us. We want to we want to understand it. We want to we want to know why and and we're not going to understand this thing. Um, consuming <laughs> even consuming endless news day after day, and so. Um, part of part of my routine has been to to be able to look at the news just twice a day, and um, one of those for um, our country and world, and then one of those for specifically for KBTX and um, Brazos County and what we're going through. Um, but that's been that's been helpful for me in tethering me to um, I, I can't I can't consume too much of this because I know um, it, it gets to a point where it's like. Um, yeah, we, I think we're just uh, well. You can't you can't distill that much information, exactly. right? And exactly. you, not only can you not distill it, you can't even really use it. So, yep. what what value is it bringing you? I think is an important point. I think you make a great point about you want to stay informed, so you're checking the news. Yeah, um, you're up to date. You know, you're not going to be you're not putting your head in the sand and just saying, "Oh, everything's fine." But you're also not sitting there trying to do something that has no real possibility of changing anything immediate to yeah. you or is useful. Yeah. I mean, we had, I think part of that, you know, it's a little different maybe in this situation versus the nine 11, but again, there are people that are in charge there are people that are experts and that's why they're there. And we have our roles as well. And if we just get paralyzed with trying to understand something that one isn't really, you know, I think we understand it on a, on a scientific level. Yeah but trying to make sense of it, you know, in an emotional level or something like that is, is not really going to happen at least while you're consuming. Yeah. It's very hard to think and consume at the same time. I, I believe as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that's good. Um, it's definitely easy to leave CNN on or whatever your news choice is 24 hours just leave it on in the background and then you might not even think that you're paying attention but it, it gets in and it just seeps in well and, and i think a great example of this is our children that um are i don't i don't know if you're experiencing this jared with your girls but uh, my oldest son in particular he's 10 i had no idea how much he was taking in of what jen and i would be chatting about in the kitchen when i came home that day um, of what conversations i had with you know, local officials around what's happening and um, or around um, friends getting sick or um, you know, I have, I have clients that, that have uh, been impacted by this um, either with family members or themselves. And so at one point he's on a little Zoom call with his classmates and he's sharing all of these details. <laughs> I've been telling my wife and not him and he's sharing them as fact and um, and a lot of it was just me emotionally processing with her. And I didn't even know he was in the other room. Um, right. So, but I right. think. Well, I no, the man, they're sponges. Exactly. Well, and I think, I think what you're naming that feels important is so are we. Like that, that we, even if it's on the background for us, that. Uh, oh, yeah. We're yeah. taking this in as well. And. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You weren't speaking to him directly, but he heard you. Exactly. Yeah. And. Yeah. And I think no, that, I, yeah. That's. Yeah. And we're the same. We're not. We're just grown kids. Really. Right. right? So. <laughs> exactly. Um. No, I think that's important limiting, you know, you want to stay informed, but avoiding just the constant consumption and the constant discussion. Yeah. It's not like you're trying to escape. I know that's a, that's, that's a different thing, but yeah. I um, wanted to talk real quick um, 
about leisure or, you know, kind of movement. This is more yeah. a little bit of what I do, but I'm sure that there are some connections with, I mean, the mind, the body, and the spirit, they're all kind of connected, you know? And so if the mind is wound up kind of yeah. from that stimulus, that, that, um, the news cycle or, you know, job or, or, or relational, you know, you were talking about this earlier, kind of the, yeah. the initial, I guess, flat, fight or flight, the, the brain, once it gets spun up, you know, it's looking to run and kind of answering that call. You don't have to necessarily go run like down the street, like a crazy person, but yeah. giving your body motion and movement especially when you're dealing with nervous energy i think is critical now there's a difference like i don't think that movement is always the answer um for you know if your mind is going a little crazy but if it's nervous energy i've just found during this period that my workouts are more mentally refreshing than they used to be yeah and it doesn't even have to be like intense it could be uh, i was talking to a client and he said you know i just went out and weeded the the yard by hand and it was just yeah you know it was leisure it was active but it wasn't intense but it did distract him it, you know you're putting your mind to focus i think um you know the, the ukulele or the guitar or something like that where you're an active participant and you're kind of just diving deep into whatever it is you're doing and yeah. staying focused on it and giving your brain a, a, a an activity, but also a release or a relief. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think I think even to your um, your example of pulling weeds, um, I, I think um, often if if one of our one of our needs is to feel a sense of efficacy or to feel effectual in our lives, <laughs> when when so much is is uh, outside of our control, you know, I think. Uh, for me, I, I feel very similarly. When I pull weeds for an hour or I paint uh, one of our rooms in the house, uh, you know, much of my work feels very ambiguous in terms of progress um, and uh, in, in, my, in my clinical job. Sure. And yet when, I, when I'm painting or when I'm uh, doing a, pro a house project or I'm weeding, um, I, I, can see, I can see a result very quickly. And um, so some of my needs get met, even in some of those kind of exercise in those other parts of me. So I, I really, I like that example because it feels like, um, you know, again, if we can clarify what are some needs that we have right now, uh, we, have, we have a much uh, better ability to be creative about how we get those needs met. Um, and yeah, I think to your point about anxiety in our brains, that, um, I, I think that I think that movement, you know, what um, what our field is talking about often as it relates to something, um, even what would seem as extreme as trauma, though I think a lot of pe people are experiencing this as trauma. Um, and, and we could even differentiate that between a little t trauma, which is a smaller, right, uh, a smaller place of, of harm um, that's that's deeply impacting us or a, a large t trauma. Um, we're all experiencing this on some level in that. And when we start talking about trauma, we, we do, we know more and more from the research that our brains do need, our bodies do need movement. Um, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of the time, my encouragement with clients is 20 minutes of um, elevated heart rate um, can go a long ways. And, and uh, you know, as, as you pointed out earlier, I think with anxiety, um, it is often kicking into gear the same systems in our body uh, that help us to survive. And, um, and so I think kind of listening to that call and responding to it with, with intense activity helps our body and our brain align a bit more. Um, so I think there's a lot of opportunity there for, uh, um, I, I think even, even in my experience with BCS Fitness, it's been a hard transition to move over to <laughs> doing it in my house, I, so much of it for me has been about the relational connection. I, right. I, I think working out's fine. Um, I'd rather not. Um, <laughs> for me, it's it's being at our six fifteen class. It's connecting with people that I like, um, and I get um, I get the added bonus of 
um, feeling like I'm in better shape. And um, so doing it in my living room at 630 in the morning. Yeah. Is, <laughs> Less than ideal. Yes, exactly. And I'm, I'm realizing like, man, a, a few days without this, and I, I start to feel differently about all that I'm carrying. And, um, and again, where we just kind of, we can take for granted what, um, what, what's been in the norm in our, in our lives up to this point. So, yeah, I think, I think that's a good spot. Uh, maybe to end on is, is, uh, maybe talking about, you know, normal. That's, that's, everywhere like this is the new normal we're not going back to normal i think the more we can create a normalcy in ourselves the more we're going to be able to move through whatever world we're in in a normal like fashion i don't know if that that makes sense um obviously we're we're reactive people we you know we we live in an environment that stimulates us and provides stimulus but the more aware we are of that stimulus and the more we're aware we are of how we respond and how we react to those stimulus, whether they're, you know, a mountain lion staring you in the face or an invisible virus. Um, I think the more we understand our motivation and kind of why we do what we do, the more we're going to be able to navigate different normals. Exactly. I I couldn't agree more. And I I don't, I I couldn't put it better either. I, I think, um, uh, I think part of our um, part of our work is in this in this unique moment is, is to kind of grow our capacity for awareness. Okay. I think that does. I think that gives us uh, a little more sense of empowerment about uh, what we can what we can what we can do in our lives. Yeah. Um, even as much as what feels out of control. Awesome, man. Well, I wanted to give you an opportunity um, if you had resources that you recommend, um, maybe speaking more to awareness or dealing with kind of this environment that we're in that might that if people wanted maybe a deeper dive. Maybe you could list a couple yeah. resources for them. Yeah, yeah, you bet. So, so a few things. One, I would say in terms of mindfulness, if you're if you're interested in looking at that a bit more. Um, I, um, there's a few apps that I really like headspace is probably my favorite one. Um, headspace headspace. Yeah. And it's, uh, there's a free version and then you can pay, um, for subscription. Um, and, uh, I'll, I'll tell you that the subscription, um, I want to say, I don't, I don't recall how much it costs. Um, it opens up a lot of, a lot of resources for you, for your kids, for um, extreme moments of anxiety, for being more mindful on uh, your morning commute, for uh, mindful eating. I mean, there's just, there's a lot there. Um, okay. So, but I would say uh, that's a good place to try it out. Um, Calm and Insight Timer and Medify are a few others okay. uh, that are out there that also have, have really good reputations. Um, in terms of mental health, I, I, think, I think this also feels like a unique season. Don't be afraid to reach out for for a consultation with a therapist. If you're feeling overwhelmed, um, if you're noticing that there have been larger behavior changes, like uh, change in your sleep patterns, or you're eating more, uh, you're drinking more, um, those are those are areas where we tend to, we we sometimes notice that our behaviors have changed before we are aware of how much our feelings um, have been impacted. That's a good point. Um, yeah. So if you feel um, if you're having more outbursts at home, again, a lot of this is like, it's just, we're all responding to stress. So we also, um, for most of us, are not used to working five feet from a pantry. So <laughs> That's there, a fair point. There's, some of these, there's some of these things where it's like, it's a little more, um, you know, I think we're, it's going to take some time for us to adjust to this new normal. But, but I think that it's important that we just take note of those. And if they start to feel problematic, like you're noticing changes in, you know, um, you're, you're um, trying to back out of work obligations, or you're not feeling as productive, or some of those, those areas, your, your um, outbursts are happening more quickly with the kids, might be a good moment to just reach out for a consultation. And like I said, for most of us in this community, and actually everywhere that I'm talking to friends across the country, we've moved to telehealth, which is video counseling. And, um, we, um, 
we're doing this with people sitting on their bathroom floors, in their bedrooms with the door locked, in their closets, out in their car at a park yeah. um, where they get some privacy. So um, those are some opportunities there, but even just to call a therapist and say, I'd love to, to take one hour um, to sort out if I, if I need more counseling or if I could just use some direction and where, where I need to go, um, we're happy to help there. So it's awesome. Um, I'm, with, I'm with Oakwood counseling, but there's, there's a, a number of really good clinicians in this community that have some availability. Very cool. And I'll even, I'll even go as far as say, you know, I, like I said earlier, I, I have met with you, you know, regarding my parenting, our parenting, my child, and, you know, it was an excellent resource. Um, didn't, I don't know how many times we actually met. Doesn't seem like, didn't seem like a lot, but you were able to provide a lot of positive applicable and effective ideas and really just helping mindset and awareness as a parent, you know? And so that was a great um, resource. So I would just echo your sentiment. Don't be afraid to reach out. You don't, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it might seem like a big step, but it's, they're there to help you and they want to help you. And um, don't be afraid to do that. I didn't, I didn't think about the behavior change. That's a huge one. Yeah. If you're noticing consumption patterns are different and that kind of stuff, that could be a a sign. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I, I, I think there's a, there's sometimes a stigma around it that it's only when, you know, it's for extreme examples. Um, Sometimes all that's needed is to meet for a couple of hours, um, a couple of times to just make a small pivot. And that's all the difference that you need to make to, to feel like, um, you've adapted to what, um, to the changes that need to happen. Yeah. So I would um, agree with that. Uh, and I have a, I have a lot of folks that come in for that. And, um, when it comes to parenting and other issues that there's a lot of folks that, that don't need to be here long, that, that are, are not interested in being here long. Yeah. And they just need a couple of small, um, they're a, kind a of at a roadblock or something. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Cool, man. So, well, one thing I, I am, I just finished, uh, I've read two of his books. Um, his, his name is Ryan Holiday. He's, a, he's kind of, he has the Daily Stoic, I think, is one thing he contributes to. It really does speak to me. Might not speak to everybody, but stillness is the key, has helped me to be more aware. Obstacles, the way that's kind of a little bit different topic, but the stillness is the key, I think, would, would go a long way if you're struggling a little bit and want some insight on some practices you could employ to help, especially with what Jeremy was, was uh, mentioning before about that mindfulness and kind of connecting um, with your mind um, and kind of understanding yourself a little bit better. And you'll see some more stuff from me about that. Um, I just want to say thank you, Jeremy, for joining us and doing this podcast. It was great information and I hope people will take uh, your suggestions and put them to good use. You bet, man. All right. Good to talk, and, and I, I miss you guys. We miss you too. I hope to see you soon. Sounds good. All right. Okay.